Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Black Girl Flow Podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow. And we want you along this journey with us. Everybody, welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. I hope you all are tuning in a little bit more rested because we just had daylight savings time. I don't know about y'all, but that extra hour came and it went okay. But with this new kind of vibe and all of the things, I hope you're taking care of yourself into this new holiday season. Oh my gosh, please tell me what is your pulse check looking like as we are heading closer and closer to the holiday season? Um, I think it's trying to embrace all things. I think people went out and went really hard for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think now I'm just super excited to see how all out people go for all the next holidays okay. until the end of the year. When you say all out, are you talking about like seeing people like light candles, like do decorations? Well, I think people went like really hard for Halloween this year. I think, I don't know I if it was like just like the date that it fell on a Monday. So everybody went hard all weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think if people are just like feeling a little bit more sense of the normal, I know a lot of people are like getting back together with like big family groups yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't think it's about the candles, but I think it's just like the decorations yeah. and the festivities and the events and things like that. But Okay, got you. I was just like, what does all out even look like for Christmas? Because I feel like for Halloween, it's so simple because it's like, okay, like costumes, like some people put like the decorations up for kids to trick or treat. But since I come from a family like that doesn't really do like too much on the holidays, I'm like, ah, like what does that even look like? Yeah. No, I think we, you can definitely, everybody's different. Everybody has like different transitions, different things like that. But like, even when I saw people getting hype over trick-or-treating, like they were like, we're going to have trick-or-treaters this year. Like this is going to be epic. Like people are just really excited. Feeling the spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. We'll teach you all about it in the holiday 101 camp. Okay. Yeah. Y'all, she's a closeted holiday hater. I think it's a little bit because her birthday is also around this time. So you're Mm. just preoccupied a little bit. Mm. Occupado. But let us know. I wouldn't say I'm like a holiday hater. It's just that like I don't really feel super I connected. <laughs> I don't feel super connected to Christmas for whatever reason. I think again, like like Lexi said, it's my birthday is like three days before Christmas. So sure, we can use that as an excuse. But I feel like I've been, you know, feeling very creatively inspired lately, uh, which is always nice as a creative. I think This that's been kind of like a theme for me this year, just diving more into my passions and figuring out what I'm trying to say, what it is that like I'd like to be. I don't know, like how is the place I'd like to like show up online? Like, what does that look like? My relationship with social media has changed so much and I feel like I want to, you know, just like set up a shoot 
in the house or like just do something that fills my creative spirit. So I usually get this way when my birthday is coming nearby. So I'm not surprised by this energy, but it's nice. Wait, okay. What's the status of your relationship with social now? I feel like we've kind of, this has been an underlying theme for a while too. I think my relationship with social beforehand was very, uh, focused on trying to be seen as like a content creator, like a lifestyle and fashion person. But then I kind of realized within both of those spaces, you have to sell people this idea Mm. of whatever they would really, you know, like to see. So with lifestyle, I find that lifestyle content creators, people connect most when they want that specific lifestyle. That's why Mm. when it comes to you just showing like your average Joe kind of like apartment setup. People are trying to normalize that, but like people don't connect with that as much because when we look at the Kardashians, people want that kind of like rich lifestyle. That's what people are fascinated with. So I think it's like either you're like people are fascinated with the broke or like the rich. Mm, There's no in between for the basic. Right. Because there (laughs) there was that white guy that blew up uh, from having that super duper tiny apartment in new york so people were like wait what and that's like super fascinating so it has to be like this like unique idea too and then with fashion you obviously have to spend money in order to make money i think right now i've been um being more private with the life that i have and like not sharing that as much on social so that's just like what it looks like uh not trying to sell anybody but more so just trying to encourage people and inspire people it's giving authentic it's giving yeah it's giving like honing in on your own voice which i think Sometimes people don't realize that little adjustments get us closer and closer to that. Exactly. It's been a very interesting like journey transitioning to this space. But I anytime any creative out there knows when you get that little spark of inspiration to just ride a new project or like go even harder into the projects that you're doing. It just feels like very fulfilling. Riding on that surfboard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Something, something like that. Something like that. That's exactly how it is. Right. Besides the holidays, is there anything else going on in your life that the people should know about? No, I don't think so. I think it's been pretty chill and, you know, just queuing up for the end of the year and all those things. So okay, going to be just doing all the adult things this holiday. I'm actually going to be better about like being very intentional about what gifts I give this year. I'm usually just like, a, I'm bad at gift giving. We're not doing it. Mm. But now I've been trying to be like, no. Step into it a little bit more. Make it fun. Well, no, not that. I don't think it's still very stressful. But I okay. still think that just caring for more relationships than than like normally just I think we Mm. think like oh I'm only gonna see these people so get these people something I'm like Mm -hmm. I think this year might be a more treat treat yourself treat other people kind of thing I'm like every year is that you get a car you get a car you get a car okay big money bands (laughs) (laughs) okay go ahead go ahead sprinkle some of that sprinkle some of that wealth on me I'm feeling the the Christmas spirit but that's the thing the thing I love about the holidays is that it's just not it's just not just Christmas like Mm. any one day is so lame if you think about it it's the collective amount of holidays in such a short period Mm. of time Mm. like we got Kwanzaa we got Hanukkah Mm -hmm. we got Christmas we Mm -hmm. got Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. like we got New Year's bruh in like a couple weeks okay go up bruh okay everybody's got a spot everybody's got a spot in the roster like big ups you sell a good bargain 
Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get us there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to it, but kind of talking uh, about that optimism and bringing that into today's episode, we thought it'd be a great idea to get more into the idea of toxic positivity versus genuine optimism. I lately have been scrolling on TikTok and I've been seeing a lot of people that are either therapists or play therapists. I don't really know which one it is. People with a lot of takes on mental health and psychology that break down these very complex topics into these 30 second skits where they might have someone showing like what it looks like when you're breaking up with someone with a secure attachment style. And the person with the secure attachment style is just so, uh, grounded within themselves that they don't even allow themselves to feel the breakup the emotions of the breakup so it'll be like oh well thank you so much for bringing this to me I'm so grateful that you felt vulnerable enough to share your feelings and I respect your decision and I don't see this relationship going any further and it's just kind of like this very cold and mature sophisticated way of handling our interpersonal relationships And so when we think about toxic positivity, I think that the depictions of what we've seen online or like the depictions of what we've seen of actually processing our emotions and having the space to is very different than that in practice. So let's get into it. And it's interesting because that's actually, I think, one aspect of it, but I kind of understand it in a little bit of a different way Mm -hmm. because I see it a lot especially in showing up in today's society as this idea. We see it all the time on social media. Like I'm in my delusional era. Like I'm Mm -hmm. being delusional about my life. Yeah. Whether it's with your finances, your career aspirations, your romantic life of truly thinking you have access to more than what you do. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, sometimes that can be also kind of a byproduct of toxic positivity of Mm -hmm. the reality of your circumstances, not acknowledging the like lived experience not matching up to that and saying, well, mm-hmm. my reality is that I'm actually broke and I'm like about to lose my house or I'm about to, you know, be not afford my apartment anymore. Yeah. But I'm still going to act like I got the monies in the bags and the bands. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, I just don't think there is, that's going to lead you to where it is. And getting to a more genuine optimism is saying that like, yes, we can still manifest and bring those things into our life. And we can be realistic about what our current circumstance and reality are because we need to be able to react and have appropriate emotions to match that too. Yeah. I think when it comes to the delusional aspect of processing your emotions or manifesting your reality, I think that's kind of where we differ with this argument because I find that when you are delusional and you are stepping into a field I don't know like a idea of who you are before you actually arrive like I think that's actually how you reach your goals faster obviously we've talked on the podcast where there is a limit to how delusional you can be because you know you don't want it to be you know you don't want being delusional to get you in debt or like be a detriment to the way that you're able to like go about your day-to-day activities but I don't see the connection between being delusional and like being toxic. Yeah. I think for me and we, this kind of goes into how I understand the difference between toxic positivity and genuine optimism, Mm -hmm. because when we really get into toxic positivity, I think it's that, that delusion 
prevents you from being proactive in your life because it's not just the like good vibes only literally don't remind me that like, Mm -hmm. you know, and we hear it all the time. I have friends who are like, I don't even want to think about the problems. I'm like, that is a part of it. And then saying like, I only want the good vibes. You're being so negative. You're bringing down the vibe. It's like, but you girl, like you cannot afford that Louie. Like that's just the reality of the situation. So for me, I think part of it is not just the unrealistic expectations or the lack of appropriate emotional reaction to things, but also that the consequences of that is that we start putting away our priorities and the things that we're actually responsible for in our life and are only playing into this kind of play version, which has the longer we do that has severe consequences into our life. And for me, it's like the, it's the culmination of the like mm-hmm. positive vibes only. We're also going to avoid all of the like negative things because we don't know how to process them. Yeah. And we're just going to stick with the, you just need to be, you just need to say you're doing okay. Like, you yeah, just need, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. Like all of that. And it's like, well, that's just not real. Yeah. And for me, getting more to a genuine optimism is holding more of the both and that yes, yeah. we can still be a baddie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are broke baddie. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we, you know, we still can want to get to those things in our life, but we also have to be able to hold the reality of our circumstance at the same time. Yeah. I think the cool thing, <laughs> and it's weird to even say this, like when we're, when I'm referring to the pandemic, but I, I do think one of the benefits is that we started focusing more on the mental health conversation For and sure. more about how we are actually doing like a lot of us were not okay a lot of us are still not okay for myself I realized I was on autopilot up until like a couple weeks ago and I'm like wait we need to slow down and actually process and when we talk about processing our emotions um with me being the oldest child and also coming from like you know Caribbean American background there was this role that I took on from a very young age of you know just being flexible first and then putting my emotions Second, so sometimes within the midst of me being flexible, I completely negate the part of actually processing my emotions. And I think that that shows up the most sometimes in my relationships with people when they're expecting me to communicate my emotions, but I just might be like in a funk and I'm not Mm -hmm. able to communicate how I feel, or I just don't have the language to fully express because I'm just so focused on, wow, I'm so grateful that I have, you know, these things that I can't even realize like I'm not doing well right now. And that's where I think the toxic positivity piece really comes into play because if I give you the scenario of, okay, someone just lost their job and they, you know, let's say like they have a little bit of savings in the bank or like they, they have shelter. They don't even allow themselves to feel the grief of losing their job because they're like, ah, people, there are other people out there that are so, you know, much worse off than Mm. I am right now. Cause I have a shelter, like I still have food and shelter and I'm still able to mm-hmm. survive. Um, and so I think for me, I've just been trying to make sense of how I can be better, like within understanding just like how I feel before mm-hmm. I am able, before I'm focused on like the flexibility part, like let's actually maybe switch the order of them so that I can then like not have to take such a long time mm-hmm. with processing. I don't think that there's a, problem with taking a long time with processing your emotions but when it comes to like the way that we frame Mm -hmm. like 
our emotions, I think it's important to take that time to process. Yeah. I think at the core of our conversation is really the power of perspective and mindset, Yeah, which we're always talking about on the podcast Mm -hmm. of how that can really shape your interactions, not just with people and relationships, but also yourself and the world around you. Yeah. And so I, I think what it's, you know, really getting to the core of is if we're not checking in that mindset and that perspective, we might be missing out on a bunch of information and cues about the world around us and how we're tending to ourselves and each other. And And I think that's where it gets sticky, where it's not always going to sound like one way or the other. And it's going to take a lot of trial and error to say, well, maybe I need to take more time to think about my emotions before I react and not, I just have a knee jerk reaction of like, I'm good. I'm fine. Like whatever. Cause nobody, we've had this conversation before. I'm like, nobody's fine. Like (laughs) if you are in this state of the world, like I'm concerned, you genuinely must be a robot Mm. Um, because there's so much going on all the time. Um, and so I think that's really important because I've seen that for myself in a really like high level bird's eye view kind of perspective. I often think about the black woman experience and that's just so much of consumed my, my thought in my work. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's hard sometimes to be optimistic about that when you know the data and the plight of the black woman experience in the United States. Mm. And I think at times it can be kind of a toxic perspective to, you know, just be one way in that of, well, why would I do all these things? Because black women, it's this, that, or the other. Like, why would I have a child? Why would I do this? The odds of me doing this or that are so negative. And because of that, I defaulted to a mindset that was like, I'm just trying to be mediocre. Like, I just want to be a mediocre white man. Mm -hmm. And that is not an accurate perspective to have with a depiction of my reality. Mm -hmm. So holding that mindset is not going to get me to a truer place or better grounding and understanding of a black woman's experience Mm -hmm. and not until I really stepped into the practice of holding both and in abundance. Mm -hmm. Did I get to a place where it's like, actually I can have a genuine optimism of yes, the totality in the state of black womanhood in America is complicated by a variety of types of variables and factors. And it is also the most beautiful process in the entire world and gives Mm. you access to community and relationships in a way that is experienced by few. Um, And it's being able to hold both of those that puts you more in a, wow, now I can process my emotions and have an accurate framework and mindset to move forward with past that point. Mm -hmm. What was it like getting there? Like, what was it like kind of... Reshame. I mean, reframing um, that process. Yeah, I think it's like anybody who truly is stuck on the good vibes only or I'm genuinely just fine. When you pull back the onion, you're not. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to reckon with that. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I had to reckon with, I was just simply not a white man. That's the like delusional piece of it, right? Mm. So at some point you're stuck with that mindset will only get you so far. And I think that's what we're talking about. Mm. That if we're not checking our mindsets and our perspectives, folks, it's going to have consequences to our reality, regardless of not. If you want to act like you have it all and you, you know, don't need to pay your rent. At some point you will, the rubber will meet the road and you will have to pay up in some way. Yeah. And so I think it's about that kind of when you really are by yourself 
is that perspective serving you? No. So is it kind of like taking accountability for like your emotions? I think some, if for some people it might be that, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. a lot about maybe I need to put my emotions first and yeah. take into account that before yeah. I get to the other. For me, that might not have been what I led with, but it was a reckoning for sure. I yeah. think it's a, it's a moment of deep reflection regardless yeah. of yeah. something's not working and I think we need to do something different. Yeah. It's not easy to feel right now like to just feel your emotions it's very difficult like I feel so numb to a lot of things that you know most people I'm sure in other countries would you know it could take a toll and I just think that's the burden sometimes of like living in America um especially you know just like with gun violence with um you know, just the access that certain people have to certain things. It's very, uh, you know, sad to see and numbing to see. And I think right now I, I would urge everyone to not run away from the feeling and to be, you know, as empathetic and as just present as you can be, as, as you're able to be, um, I think that's what helps us move through these periods of time, time the, the best because we're able to have pulse checks. We're able to like really see where people are at and nurture them based off of the capacity that they're able to give. Um, but yeah, like it's just very difficult. I think living in this state, state of the world where it's like, ah, uh, moving even past toxic positivity, like how do I get myself out of just being sad? Mm-hmm. You know, how yeah. do I get myself out of feeling disappointed yeah. um, uh, on the, of the stage that I'm in? And I think we're going to learn more about ourselves and each other if we lean into all of that difficulty than just avoiding it because it seems like a difficult conversation because yeah. it doesn't stop those things from happening. Yeah. So I think that that invitation that you left us with is a pretty powerful one. Yeah. So I hope a lot of people are taking a second and moment to just check in with themselves, check in with other people. Ask them, like, be so for real with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are y'all actually doing? Or if you have a friend who you think is definitely leaning a little bit more into toxic positivity or the delusion, you could be like, yo, I just need to make sure you know what's up, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But we hope you all enjoy this. And remember, we always are going to continue the conversation on socials. So go check us out. And with that, we hope you all have an incredible um, start to your month. And with that, peace, love, love blessings. blessings. Bye, y'all. All right. That wraps up our episode this week. We'd really appreciate if y'all could rate us on Apple and Spotify as it really helps grow our BGF tribe and support our podcast. As always, the conversation continues on Instagram and TikTok. So connect with us there if you want to join in on all the kikis. With that said, we will see y'all next time. Rest well, folks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.